Hey y'all, it's your girl Naisha Stone, and you're listening to the Carved in Stone podcast, where our positive news articles come to life. Now let's get into the episode. Hey, it's Tuesday again, and we're back with the Carved in Stone podcast. It's Naisha Stone, and we're going to get right into the episode. I think this month, I've just been focusing all on media and journalism, and honestly, I do not care. So y'all, so we have another guest in the media world, so I am very excited. Um, today, we have with us Brittany Rogers, who is a multicultural PR and communications director for Warner Bros. TV Group. The title sounds amazing. I want to get into it, but I was also looking at your bio, and we're going to have to walk down. <laughs> them 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 list of things that you've been doing but just first of all how you doing today I am good how are you thank you for having me I I appreciate you for like I reached out to you was like yes immediately so thank you for that of course I always like honestly people reach out to me all the time on LinkedIn I'm always talking to people like I mean I was a person before doing this so I always just give back and I'm always down and then I think I saw you do something with my friend Khalif and like he is amazing so I was like you know what why not and then I even you know I do my research so I kind of researched you and I was like oh she's a star of course oh well thank you and shout out to Khalif I actually interviewed him um uh, for for his podcast and I was talking to him he was like you should interview Brittany and I was I looked you up on LinkedIn and I'm like we're already following each other and so that's when I had reached out so shout out to Khalid for making this connection yes. well, let's get into your actual role so you started off um with news so you were assignment desk editor um and now you're like literally working for Warner Bros so without I mean it's up to you how far you want to go with it um, but like, why even enter into the media news world? Um, okay. So it goes back into like, honestly, when I was in high school, um, I'm originally from Milwaukee. I went to Riverside and River Rats, I didn't really- go generals, <laughs> had to interrupt. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. I went to Riverside when it was like, you know, a pretty decent school. I don't know how it is now, but, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to go to school for. I used to always keep journals and just like, always just talk a lot and at that time in my life I always was like I'm gonna be Oprah I'm gonna work for Oprah and so um I went to school in Chicago to Columbia College Chicago and I only went there because I remember going to orientation and at that time I was like oh I'll do radio and um, they had a really really good program a really good journalism program and all of your like teachers or professors worked in the field and Columbia was down the street from Harpo Studios when there was Harpo Studios so I was just like the stars are aligning I'm going to Chicago boom lived in Chicago my my major was broadcast journalism with a concentration in television I really I already knew I kind of didn't want to work in news because I just didn't really like how I looked on camera I was like this is not for me and they always scared you and was like you're gonna have to go to a small market and you're gonna make like pennies and I was like you know what no and I remember at that time that's when like blogging was a thing so I had all these blogs I was doing all this stuff um and it just kind of like just happened like being in Chicago being in journalism it kind of happened and then when I was getting ready to graduate you know of course applying for all these jobs I had no job and my mom I would never forget we got like 26 inches of snow in Chicago my mom was living in Milwaukee 
And she was like, I'm moving. And my aunt lived in Texas already and worked at a news station. And I, that's why you never say never, because I always was like, I'm never working at a news station. And of course, out of college, my first job was a news station. <laughs> and it was where my aunt was working. So I started off in news. I worked for this company called News Fix, CW39. And it was kind of like the TMZ of Houston, where we didn't have anchors or um, reporters. It was basically like, we just reported on things that kind of would draw your attention. So like, you know, a regular news station would be, okay, there was a fire at CW39. It needed to be the entire apartment was on fire. Three people did like it needed to be like something like that. So I was there for maybe three years. I went over to Fox 26 in Houston, and that's when they had like real reporters, real anchors. Um, and at that time, I started writing for the web and it was like, I will bring in Slim Thug, you know, Bumbies of the world. Like we were doing cool stuff. And I really liked that because I was like the youngest person on the news, um, on the on the assignment desk. And basically the assignment desk editor, you're the eyes and the ears of the newsroom. You need to know everything that is happening in the city, making sure you're covering it. If you see ABC covering it, you need to be on top of it. So that was me. And then I remember at like 25, I was having like a, a fake midlife crisis. And it was like... Houston has nothing else to offer me. Um, what else can I do? I always wanted to move to LA. Like it was always on the, on the back of my head. Like I'm moving to LA. I just don't know how or when I'm going to get there. There was an anchor who worked at the station who just really believed in me. I kind of became like her assistant. And there was a court show that filmed, well, taped at the station that I worked at. And they left and moved to LA. That court show ended. They started a new one called uh, Judge Faith. Judge Faith is no longer on, but she's now married to uh, Kenny Lattimore. And she was like, I know a company that is hiring. You know, I can help you get this job. I applied for it. Next thing you know, I got the job. It was a very, very scary move because I left a full-time job with benefits, everything to basically move cross country for a job that was um, basically like freelance. I was, my best friend was already living in LA and my best friend who I met in college, um, she's from Detroit. She lived in LA. I was like, I'm coming to LA. She was like, cool. I worked in uh, Judge Faith because I don't really always talk about Judge Faith because it was such like a blink of an eye. Um, but that was how I got to L.A. And I moved. I worked at Judge Faith for six months. I started off as a production assistant, which a lot of people do, you know, when you work on these type of uh, production jobs. And I got bumped up to associate producer like maybe three months in because like I already kind of had experience. And I was like and I'm 25, like honestly, moving to L.A. at 25 is like. Some people will judge you. It's like, you That's know, a lot. You're, I mean, you did, you was yeah. doing thing. Yeah, it's like some people really judge you for that. And so um, at that time, I kind of realized I was like, you know what? Production life is not for me. I do not want to be on set for 14 hours. Like, I don't want to be chasing you to come on a show. Like, it's just not for me. And then it just, it just was a lot. So I needed a job to stay in LA. And at that time, I always tell people, like, a lot of young girls that I talk to, entertainment careers was my best friend. I say pay for it because it literally, like when you apply for a job, it goes to the person who submitted that, you know, that job. So I only took one PR class in college, literally one PR class. And I used to sit on Twitter in that class. Like I never really did too much. So I kind of knew like working at news, like it's a transfer. So I applied for a job. I would never forget the job said confidential. 
And I did not know the name of the company. It was just, they worked with A-list celebrities and it was a publicity assistant. And um, I applied for it. I went and I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, they work with, at that time, that's when like Terrence J was like a big deal and Terry Crews and like they had um, Lisa Longoria. And so I was like, okay, cool. Got the job immediately started. So that's how I kind of fell into publicity. Now that job, I, it was like the devil wears Prada. I always say this. It was very, very tough. Um, and what a lot of people know in LA, when you start off as a product, I mean, a publicity assistant, you're doing everything like we had to be at work at 8 30 in the morning and there was no parking for publicity assistance you couldn't leave until your publicist left so typically you would be at work till 6 37 you were going to all these events like I went to the Golden Globes but I was like making no money literally no money still living with my friend so I think for like, it was so stressful. I will never forget that I got um, like a really bad sinus infection. And I was like, you know what? I will never let a job like get me sick like this. And so um, there was another job that I feel like the stars aligned for me because connections matter. And I always say that there was this guy that I met in Houston. He worked in news. He also moved to L.A. He told me about a job. I had another friend in Houston. Her line sister told me about this same job. And then somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn about that same job. And so it was for Ally. At that time, it was Ally um, Allied Integrated Marketing. And it was for Ally Moxie, which is the African-American sector. So Ally Moxie, I got hired over there as a junior publicist. And they basically worked with every studio you can think of, NBC, Warner, Paramount, but they worked specifically with the African-American market. So, you know, we worked with your Essence, your Ebony's, your uh, Black Girl Nerds. Like we worked with all African-American outlets, but we worked specifically with the Black talent in that movie or that show. So right off the gate, my first project was, um, it was a movie I'm blanking on the name. It was with Morris Chestnut and Regina Hall. I worked on like almost Christmas. I was like the NBC lead. I did the Carmichael show, the Marlon show. When we you, to- is that when you worked on the best man final chapter or is that? Later? No. So I okay, worked with okay. Morris. Yeah. So I worked with Morris before that and Regina. And then it just, I was at Ally for maybe almost four years, but I've worked my way up from junior publicist to publicist to senior publicist. I worked my way up. Um, it was a lot. It was a struggle. I will say, um, because agency is hard. And I always tell people sometimes getting that agency experience is needed because you work with different personalities. There's different processes. It is nonstop work. Like we used to work like crazy, but we went, we had cool events. I would go to, like, I went to Essence Festival multiple times. I went to ABFF. I was doing so much cool stuff that I loved it. Like I loved it so much, but then, you know, four years went by and I was like, okay, I want to go in-house. So I got hired at NBC and I started off as, um, I was their first like um, hybrid position where I worked across Bravo, Oxygen and E. So I got your housewives. I had like the total Bellas and then I had crime shows. So it was a variety. But at that time when I started, I kid you not, I think I was in the office for one week, the following week COVID hit. I never went back in the office after that. So I worked with that team for a year and a half without going into the office. So, but they were great. Like, it was amazing. Like, it was a great team. And then at that time, that's when Peacock came about. And 
it was a new streamer. Even though it was under the NBC umbrella, everyone was kind of like, you know, side-eyeing it, shading it. It was like, they're not going to last. And this, again, is why you keep your connections. There was a woman, I always praise her. Her name is Tracy Salisbury. Tracy was, uh, I believe, a VP or SVP at NBC. But when I was at Allied, NBC was our client. I always had a great relationship with her. And so when I was at, when I went over to NBC, Tracy... We'll never forget. She sent me an email and it said that the subject said, do you want to work at Peacock? (laughs) (laughs) That was it. And so I, you know, I always wanted to work under Tracy. It was just like a dream of mine because she is such a boss and she is a young woman, but is a boss at the end of the day, like amazing. And so I was like, sure. And I just was like, you know what? Why not? Because I've already worked at an agency. I've already been for, um, you know, like a network. So why not try a streamer? Because I, I I interviewed for Netflix a couple of times, you know, didn't get it. So I was like, you know, why not? And it was like working for a startup. So they hired me originally to do unscripted because you don't get a lot of black women who work in unscripted. Um, unscripted is a very tough thing to work on, you know, um, you, you know, dealing with housewives or just dealing with reality stars, you know, whatever. They hired me for Unscripted. And at that time we had Bel Air. Bel Air was coming out. I was not originally the publicist on Bel Air. And that's when Clubhouse was a thing. And I was like, you know, um, I would just give them ideas. Like one thing about me, I love cool ideas. I love big ideas. And I I started working on Bel Air. They were like, do you want to work on Bel Air? So that's what kind of started me of doing more multicultural at Peacock. Bel Air took off. We were doing so much. So I I did Bel Air. I worked on the Amber Ruffin show, who was also very amazing. Um, Love her dearly. I worked on a show called Bust Down, which was another like multicultural show. Um, And then I would never forget. I remember I told Tracy, when I found out we were getting best man I said I want to work on this like this is that's my show I'm gonna work on it and I knew like I wanted to go all out because one thing about Peacock Peacock trusted me if I had an idea they're like put a strategy together pull it a budget together send it to us and we'll review it I always did that because I'm like we I remember that's when pushing P was a thing and I was like oh we need to be pushing P like we need to be getting Peacock (laughs) out there and I best man was probably one of my best projects that I worked on because I went very very hard on that show what are some specific things you you did with the you did with the show so we um we went to almost every festival you can think of because at that time was was COVID still a thing? I think it was. It was like, yeah, it was like last year. Mm-hmm. So we went to like, we kicked it off at Martha's Martha's Vineyard um, African-American Film Festival, which is a very, very niche crowd. And that was tough to even get them there because Martha's Vineyard is very expensive. It is the, you know, you know, wealthy African-American people that live there, but it was perfect because we had the men, I had Morris Chestnut, and I had um, the guy who plays Uncle Phil, Adrian. I had him. And then I had the direct, the director and the creator of The Best Man, who is my absolute fave, like Malcolm D. Lee. He is, oh my God, he is just a rock star. And I love him so much. Um, we went to Martha's Vineyard and we that's how we kicked it off. And one thing about me, like I said, like I love big ideas. I love making a splash somewhere we had peacock bags so we gave those bags out at the our panel and our panel went 
crazy. Like it was standing room. It was crazy. So everybody had these peacock bags around the vineyard. So that was a way of also getting people, you know, excited for the best man. But we also have Bel Air, but also go watch, go to Peacock, like go subscribe to Peacock. So that was a kickoff for us. And then we did a multi-city tour, like just doing screenings and shout out to Morris Chestnut because Morris was a rock star and just did so much for us. So there was a lot of like, you know, going on tours, going to screenings, a lot of press. We had an Essence cover and then our, our premiere party, we had Genuine perform, who was on the original soundtrack. We had 112 perform. It was just a cultural phenomenon that just went crazy. And I think the timing was perfect because it came out on Christmas. So of course, everybody's at home it's a streamer and oh we dropped all the episodes at once so i was watching i was watching everyone <laughs> got to binge watch it you know and um i remember at that time i felt like i same I, I i saw and i came and i conquered at peacock and i was like the best man would be my last project there and absolutely was and as i was working on uh best man warner brothers had reached out about this position and when I was at Peacock I was not titled multicultural they were trying to get me to like be the head of multicultural like create this thing but Warner Brothers already had that title so I was praying that like you know I wanted the job but I didn't want to end the best man Warner Brothers end up having a hiring freeze so I was like dang it you know like I probably not I probably won't go over there but in the meantime I'm gonna do what I need to do and um I remember after the best man, I think in January, Warner Brothers came back to me and was like, hey, the hiring freeze is up. Like, do you still want this position? And I was like, absolutely. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, honestly. Like, I just knew it was a studio, but I didn't know what I was going to be working on. Like, I just was like ready to do something else. Went over to Warner Brothers and um, a multicultural PR director. So my role over there, now I'm at a studio. So my role over there is where I work across everything unscripted, scripted, or animation from a multicultural aspect of just like heightening that area. Like, oh, you know, you guys haven't thought about Essence Festival. Let's go create a panel and go there. Oh, you guys haven't reached out to Wilson Morales at Black Film and TV. We need to add him to this, you know, like stuff like that. So um, my first thing working with them was all, all American and all American homecoming is a Warner Brothers <laughs> show. So we did, we've gone to Clark Atlanta. We went to Morehouse and those students went crazy because for that generation, that's their a different world. So getting them into- hmm, I didn't even think like, about that. It's that, yeah, it's like, I didn't think about it, but when I saw those kids really relate to them and those storylines, I was like, wow, this, because if you think about it, we don't have anything out on television for students to really watch. So we did that, but then the sh we knew the strike was happening. So we <laughs> immediately went to like ABFF and I took All-American, just All-American. That was their first time doing a panel in six years all together. Were you at ABFF this year? Mm -hmm. I was there too. I was doing, I was doing PR. So I, um, Where's my girl who, who helps them with PR? Um, I can't think of her name. She's a sweetheart. Um, She's India? Do you know um, a, a woman mm -hmm. named India? No. We're around the same age. She do PR too. Um, I got on through her name is Chelsea. So she's the head of Chelsea. ABF. Yes, I work with Chelsea. Chelsea is amazing. I've worked with Chelsea a couple of times. She is amazing. Um, Nicole Friday, love her yes. dearly. I was surprised she knew my name. She was like, Hello, Naisha. I'm like, Oh, Nicole is well, amazing. She, she remember everybody's name. 
she remembers everyone's name. She is so gentle. She is. Uh, she will work with you. I love her dearly. So shout out to Nicole. I just saw her last week at the Book of Clearance screening. She's amazing. Um, so yeah, we did that. We went to Essence Festival. Um, and so the strike hit. Literally the strike hit and it was just like crickets for us, except for like on the unscripted side, we have like the bachelorette and that's when we had our first black bachelorette. So we had stuff like that happening. And now like the strike ended a couple months ago. Um, we are back and booming and I am just excited for next year because we have some great stuff going out. Like, you know, Abbott Elementary is one of our shows. Shout that's out so to awesome. Them. She's one of my homegirls. I've known her forever. So I'm excited to do stuff with her. Shirley Ralph, who is, uh, uh, she just deserves all of her flowers. So yeah, it's been like a little journey to get to where I have been um, or where I am. But, um, you know, I appreciate the journey. Sometimes, I, like, people always ask me, like, oh, what's next? And I'm like, I have no clue. Cause I don't I know just... people ask that. You graduated college. <laughs> you win an award. They like, what's next? Like, can I just enjoy it, right? I have no clue. Um, I'm just like, I just go with the flow, and that's it. <laughs> I do. Before I ask you my next question, I got to put this out there. Please put Carbon Stone on Warner Brothers media list. We got to be there. We got, we be, we'll be at Sunday Sun Festival next month. We oh, ready. We ready. Just whenever y'all ready. We ready. Just when okay, good. There. So you're going to Sundance? <laughs> yep. Me and my videographer will be out there um covering it. And we should be back at Rolling Loud this year. Um, so now I have like a full list of like all the stuff that I want to apply for and get to. And so I love that. Yeah, I'm trying to get us at Sundance because I do have Nkechi Okoro Carol, who is a showrunner for All American, All American Homecoming and Found. She's an amazing black woman. Um, she's gonna be there. And so we're, we're also working with NAACP to do something um there as well. So I'm crossing my fingers we can do something, but I'll definitely keep you posted. Yay. Well, going just keeping the conversation going. You're from Milwaukee, you went to Riverside, like me and you both from the city, so we understand all the things that you've accomplished, all the companies you work for that doesn't necessarily come from Milwaukee a lot. <laughs> um, so how does it feel for you to be a black woman, you know, doing the thing that you do and literally creating the content that you're creating and making the moves that you're making? Like, I don't think people really know much about you in the city, so I'm hoping this <laughs> podcast will give you more spotlight because damn. <laughs> I know it just honestly for me, um, being from Milwaukee, like. I guess I didn't really think about it like that when I was in school, you know, I, I didn't have like these big, big, big dreams, you know, like, I don't know what it was, but like, I always knew like, I'm gonna be Oprah. Like, I'm gonna be like the next Oprah. Like that just was for me. And, you know, going to Columbia, like, I think the first step was me going to Chicago. Granted, Chicago is what an hour and a half, two hours away from Milwaukee, but it is a big city. And I lived downtown Chicago. So I got to see a completely different world. I would, I think I used to come home a lot my freshman year. After that, I barely came home, you know, and then I will say like, shout out to my mom, because if it wasn't for my mom saying like, I'm moving and either you stay here or you come with me I probably would have never saw the other parts of like the world like my auntie always lived in Texas but I never really got to experience it so like I think honestly just making the move if I would have never left I don't know how far I would have gotten and I always thank Columbia just for the relationships that I've had and also Houston like I have so many genuine relationships that I have taken everywhere with me even in LA you know like I know so many people in LA but you know it's funny when I say like I'm from Milwaukee because people would never imagine 
imagine because they I have like a little southern twang sometimes but then I can like switch it to LA and then when I'm in Milwaukee sometimes I feel so foreign because I'm like oh my god like I've been so removed but I'm Milwaukee made me to who I am you know and I'm also happy about the schools that I've gone to and just I don't know, always was in academics and just, you know, getting, making sure I needed to get to the right place. And also, I think too, at that time, reality TV was like trying to like have a thing. And I just was like, I want to do that. Like I, you know, I want to be on this. And Nicole Bitchy was like, my God, like I was like, well, now she's not Nicole Bitchy anymore. But like, I was like, I, I want to do this. I want to do all these interviews. So like, honestly, being from Milwaukee, it is a blessing, but it's also like, I do feel like a foreigner sometimes. Like I'm in the city right now visiting my grandmother and I'm using my GPS to get around the city, which is crazy. <laughs> but you know, it, it's part of my journey um, to say like, you know, I'm from this city, I'm from the Midwest, but I lived in the South. And now I live on the West Coast. Like my mom still lives in Houston. So like, that's my home away from home. Um, So it's just, you know, it's definitely a blessing. And it's, you know, it's crazy to see like people like yourself, you know, from the city and is still doing good things. Khalif, you know, like been my friend since we were in like middle school, like to see him doing the things that he's doing in the community. So many other people, you know, and there's people in Milwaukee who live in LA, you know, and like, I was like, one of my good friends, Jay, Jay's been in LA for 14 years, you know, like we, it's, you will meet a lot, a lot of people. Um, And it's just, it's just amazing. Like, you know, over the weekend, I went to Evolve Church and Kenneth Locke, I went to middle school with him. So to see really? him in the position <laughs> that he is in, it's just like, I just be smiling all the time. I'm like, wow, it's just, it's amazing. So, you know, it's home, but I definitely am like, not here a lot, but you know, I love it still. I totally understand. Um, people always ask. I, I I feel like you would notice, like, when somebody from the city wants to move out the city, people would be like, why? Why would you do that? Oh, my yeah. God. But I, t- I give advice to everybody. No matter where you're from, New York, Atlanta, wherever, you have to leave your hometown and go make, make connections in other places. I'll yeah. be going back to Georgia uh, next year. Like, people don't understand that. They think I'm going to stop my work here in Milwaukee. Like, no. We settled here. Our headquarters going to be here. But yeah. Carbon Stone was never meant to just be here. And you can't meet people like Chelsea by being in Milwaukee. I met her by living in Georgia and going to the Atlanta Association of Black Journalists. Yeah. You know, like you have to put yourself out there. You have to go for the opportunities that you want. And a lot of times, unless you do live in New York or Los Angeles, they not there. They are no. just not there. And that's just how the world kind of is. And it kind of sucks, but yeah. we need people like you, we need people like me to be like, all right, Milwaukee does exist. Yeah. Maybe we should try coming here sometimes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, outside of your work with media and journalism, um, how are you keeping yourself just who you are? Because you're dealing with a lot of people, you're doing a lot of things, you you just switch careers multiple times. Like, how are you still staying focused on Britney? I work out a lot. Like I love boxing. It is one of my favorite things to do. Pilates is also one of my favorite things to do. And just honestly, spending time with my family. Um, I am really, really big with just spending time with my family, especially because I'm always like thousands of miles away from my family. So it's like, I always got to come back and be like, okay, let me remind myself because I'll, LA is a playground and you will get lost. And I've been in LA for almost nine years and you can get lost in that city. And so it's like, you got to come back and have humble beginnings again. Like, you know, coming to Milwaukee where I'm like, okay, yep, this is where I'm from, you know? And then even when I'm in Houston, I'm like, yep, this is where I lived for a while, you know? Like, so 
I think just grounding myself and I've had to separate myself a lot from things. Um, so, you know, outside of work, I just do normal things. Go get a, a I love self-care. Anybody that know me, Brittany is getting a massage. I am going to go get a pedicure. Like I love self-care, just spending time with my family, you know, and just really, I'm, I love dinners. So like, if you like this, and I like to go do things and we don't always got to talk about work. And that's why sometimes I like coming home and I like going to Houston because my Milwaukee and Houston friends don't always care about the celebrities. They're not always like asking me like, what are you working on right now? They could care less they just want to know how are you what you being up yeah to? like they as a could person? less and that's what I love and that's what keeps me grounded because I'm like I don't always want to talk about work honestly I really don't so you know uh that's pretty much it for me um like I've kind of really slowed down a little bit because like a, it's funny because a lot of people used to call me lit Brit and I'm just <laughs> not there anymore I'm just and I think it comes with age and you know just being in the industry for a while it's crazy to say that I've been in the industry for a while but you know it, you you really learn what you can't like for me I don't go to every event anymore it's like I pick and choose like how is it going to benefit me you know um so just really like prioritizing that's a big thing and trusting your gut I have literally been like trust your gut and prioritize stuff so that's pretty much how I've been like really separating things you know and especially like changing careers you gotta take a step back and I like to travel so like if I go you know I've been to Mexico like three times this year it's just like taking a step back and really you know digesting everything that's going on and then going back to it and with a fresh mind you know and just be like okay we back at it a few more questions what would you say to the young Brittany when they told like your current you current out to the younger Brittany when they told you hey you really ain't gonna make no money it really ain't that many jobs out here what would you tell her to keep going I just say, you know, just, I don't know. It's one of those just like, keep honestly go with the flow and never give up and keep pushing through. Cause one thing about me, I'm a push through and I'm a follow up. And I've, I think Columbia taught me that being in Chicago, which is crazy. It's only two hours away. You got to hustle. And I think Chicago really taught me how to hustle. And that's what always stuck to me. You know, like how you reached out to me. I was that person. that was like, oh no, I'm going re to reach out to this person. If there I'm going to a job, I'm going to find out who I need to talk to. Hey, this is what we need to do, you know, and that's just how you continue, you know, making success. It's just like, and so I think for my younger stuff, I would just be like, never give up, which I did not, and keep, continue to keep going, you know, like try new things out. I'm not afraid to try new things out at all. Um, and, you know, just continue praying and just do what you need to do. If you got to work extra hard that Thursday, you got to work 10 hours. Okay. It's going to be beneficial at the end. When I started off in LA, I had no money, but I, I remember I kept saying, just make it for a year, make it a year. If you make it a year, you can do it. So just always keeping promises for myself. And I always kept that promise as a younger self, as my younger self. And I kept going. I'm glad to know that there's people like you in the industry that are making ways for people like me. So <laughs> yes. I really, like, no, that like means a whole lot. Um, so the people that listen to this interview, what do you want them to get from me? Well, you know, for me, it's always just like, stay positive. Like, I, I think I've told like three people since I've been here, I'm like, you got to be optimistic. You really yes. got to just be optimistic and just stay positive. One thing I always swear by is write things down. And I think that's what really helped me is that I journaled a lot. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm going to write to the <laughs> I am your old, like, I love pen and paper. I like, yes, we have 
you know, technology. Stop playing. (laughs) I love pen and paper. So for me, it's just like, you know, never give up. Um, You know, don't be hard on yourself. Like give yourself grace. Things, and this is my favorite line. Like I've told my friend this, sometimes you got to go over the bumpy road to get the red carpet. And that's just what I live by. And that's just what it is. It's just like, so, you know, I hope people take from this, like things will be bumpy, but you will also get that red carpet exposure at the end. I got my first red carpet exposure this year. <laughs> See, it, you know, it's like, and now sometimes I don't even want to, I'd be like, I do not want to go on the carpet. <laughs> hey, I realized, so I was, I was hoping to run the, uh, the red carpet, but I realized I'm like, so this first time I really, I've interviewed celebrities and been around the room, but this was a lot at once. And I'm like, Hmm, is this what I want? <laughs> yeah, and ABFF, it gets, I think this year, I didn't do the carpet. No, did we do the carpet? I don't think we did the carpet this year, but when I did it last year, it's hot. It's hot out there. <laughs> you think I, I'm working and they got us in these cargo shorts in a purple yeah. polo, walking back and forth between the thing. I'm like, all right, okay. Yeah, but I love, I love it. It's hot in Miami. It's hot. It I loved it though. Like it was great to be out there for the week. Um, were you there with uh Priscilla? Um, from Warner Brothers, do you know? That's what. No, I so Warner Brothers is so like it's huge because we had a. I know Warner Brothers is a huge sponsor. I was just there for All American, and I know we had another gotcha. team doing something for. It was so I think like showrunners or like music people. It was so much happening, but I just did a panel, and then like last have multiple. I, was, I remember them saying it because we had to keep changing the um yeah. Like the, the, what is it? The step and repeats. We had yeah, to the like, color yeah, purple one. was there. Well, I don't, yep. oh yeah they, yeah, they were there. And then that's just, that's the film team. And a lot of people think because they know my background, they're like, oh, are you working on color purple? I'm like, no, I'm no. on the TV side. I'm on the TV side now. So it's so many entities with Warner Brothers. It is a huge company. Like even for Sundance, I was having a call with the Sun, with the Black House Foundation. And they were like, oh, well, we've already been talking to such and such at Warner brothers I was like had no idea because it's such a big company you know so I was just there strictly for all American this was my first year actually doing like quick and easy panel last year I think I had like two panels but I also had Bel Air so it was a lot so were you sitting on the panels or were you helping like conduct them or what were you no so I'm always just the organizer so I'm the one that's coming up with the panel like working with Nicole and the team and then you know we'll do press and then like I've done it before when we've done ABFF and then have done local Miami press and I just did that on my own Mm -hmm. so I always like to maximize the moment because these festivals are expensive and talent time is precious so it's like oh if I have you for three days oh we're working so <laughs> well, I was so glad we really got to meet. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed the episode, y'all. This is the Carving Us On podcast with Brittany Rogers, the multicultural PR and communications director for Warner Bros. TV group. And please tune in every Tuesday as I bring someone from around the world to talk about the positive things in their life. And remember, in the end, everything will be carved in stone. In the end, everything will be carved in stone. <laughs>